And I said, God, I want to be like Daniel. I want an excellent spirit. Amen? An excellent spirit. A spirit that, uh, that is easy to get along with. And, and when you get in prayer and you get down into to earnest with God and, and you start practicing prayer and you start persevering in prayer and you start crying out to God, then things start to change in your mind and things change in your heart. It is, uh, and I said it last week, some of the things I said last week, I'll repeat this week, but it won't hurt you because uh, repetition is learning. But, but I said last week, prayer is not easy. Prayer is work because prayer is defying your flesh and your carnality. How many of you believe that? When you get down to pray, it's not always easy to pray. Now, it's easy when you're in a hospital and you, your mama's dying or you, your cousin's on a deathbed or, or you got an issue. It's, it's easy to pray. We all can pray when it's like that. I'm talking about every day living for God, getting up, going through the day, making time for God, having a closet of prayer, taking this old flesh and saying, you're going to pray. That's not easy. And if you think that's easy, you're exactly wrong. Because your flesh will always fight. It, will, it does not want to pray. That's why even Jesus said this. Listen to this. Even Jesus said this when he prayed in the garden and he was about to be crucified. He knew what was coming. And you know what he said? The Spirit is willing. Somebody finish that. But the flesh is weak. You know what he was saying? In here, I know what I need to do. I wonder how many times in here we know what we need to do. But our flesh hinders us from doing what we know to do. Amen. Our flesh is not good. Our flesh is sinful by nature. Our flesh is carnal by nature. Our flesh is flesh. And, you know, I understand we're all flesh, but we've got to learn to push that flesh out of the way. The, the crying need of our generation is men and women who have gone to the Master with crying hearts and teachable spirits and saying this, Lord, teach me to pray. That's a prayer every one of us ought to pray. The disciples said it, and we ought to say it in 2018. Lord, teach me to pray. I have so many people. Dars talked to me about this last Wednesday night. I had no clue. She had, she had spoken to Brother Rory, and I, I didn't even mention it to him, but she told me last Wednesday night, she said, I spoke to Brother Rory a few weeks ago and said, I, I wish you'd just teach on prayer because there's a lot of folks that don't know how to pray. You know what? To know how to pray, let me tell you how to pray. You talk to God like He is your best friend because that's exactly who He is. You can confide in Him. Amen. You can spend secret time with Him. And again, the Scripture said if you pray in secret, God rewards that openly. So, so learning to pray and learning how to pray. Uh, maybe the things that I say tonight, will help you. But when you say, Lord, teach us to pray, let me talk about the extent of prayer. And I want to give you some things tonight. It is through prayer that we, we come before the throne of grace in order to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. If you read Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, if you'll Throw that up, Brother Tommy. I'm going to work on you again tonight and give you a good workout with your fingers on that computer. But Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16 said this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Watch what it says. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. And watch this. It said, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. How do you get there? There's no other way to go boldly before the throne of grace than to do it in prayer. Amen? That we may obtain that mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So, so how in the world do you get the mercies of God and the grace of God? You go boldly before God in prayer. 
It's not talking about coming into a church service. It's talking about marching in the, into the throne room of God. And you can only enter into the presence of God through real prayer. But when you get there, you can find the grace of God and you can find the mercies of God. Does anybody believe that here tonight? So prayer will take you into the throne room of God. If you go on over to, to Hebrews chapter 10 and, and start at verse 19, there's some other things said about that. Let me show you what it says. Hebrews 10 and 19, Brother Tommy. Having therefore, brethren, boldness, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Let's read a couple of verses. By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Let's read a little more. I want to go all the way through verse 22. And having a high priest over the house of God, verse 22, let us draw near. Somebody say draw near. With a true heart, he said, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's all happening through the prayer of the saint of God. So you can get boldly before the throne of grace. You have a right. You have a right. You know the great thing about Calvary? Let me tell you one of the greatest things about Calvary. If you go read the story of the cross, you will find where an unseen hand went into the temple. And the Bible said, when Jesus said, it is finished, the veil of the temple was writ in twain from top to bottom. You know what that means? That means any person in this building can go into the Holy of Holies. You have access to God. In the Old Testament, only the high priest went to the holy place and the Holy of Holies. You could take your sacrifice and give it to the high priest, and he would offer it. Then, once a year, he would go into the Holy of Holies. He was the only one that could go in and offer sacrifice to God. But when Jesus died... The veil of the temple, there it is, thank you, Brother Tommy, was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. You know what it's saying? Come on in, child of God. You can go boldly before the throne of grace. You can get access to God, and you can do it through prayer. Aren't you glad that God made a way for us to step right into His presence and to know Him through the power of prayer? Hallelujah, hallelujah. In prayer, we're able to turn our attention from other things in order to seek God first. That is where you find the mind of God. This Word is, is, is powerful. But you know what the Bible said about this Word? The letter killeth, but the Spirit maketh alive. And you can't have the Spirit without prayer. Amen. You gotta get spiritual enough to pray, and then the Word of God comes alive in you. The Bible talked about in Matthew 6, uh, 6.33, to seek ye first the kingdom, and prayer will get your mind off of the other things. I want to tell you, there's enough stuff in this world. There's enough stuff. I, 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 I preached here Sunday about the joy of the Lord. I was so moved because there is, there is spirits in our world. Spirit, and, and it just so happened, my, my daughter called me this morning, or maybe around lunchtime, and, and said, do you know so-and-so? And I said, yes, I, I, I remember them. And, 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 and she told me about a, about a 15-year-old girl that walks into, that hears a gunshot while she's asleep or in bed last night and walks into the living room and finds her mother right here in, in, in our area that has shot herself in the chest and committed suicide. Let me tell you something, folks. We better be praying like we never prayed before. Ronnie, you don't mind me giving a, a little of your testimony. Ronnie Culp called me on Monday. He said, thank you, Pastor, for preaching that message yesterday. Because a few months ago, that spirit had a hold of me. That spirit had me down. Money don't make you happy. Good business don't make you happy. Ronnie said, I had to pray and pray. And, and Sherry, Sherry helped him. And, and, and Or Carrie, excuse me, helped him pray. And, and the first thing you know, he said, that spirit lifted off of me. But he said, that spirit 
Spirit was upon me. Let me tell you something, folks. Only prayer will keep the spirits of this world off of you. Only prayer will keep you in the Holy Ghost. Amen? You're not, you're not, you're, you're not uh, in a place, and I'm not either, when, when if we don't pray, those things can't jump on us. You can't handle it by yourself. Somebody said, I don't understand it. Well, let me help you understand it. It's a spirit of the devil. It's a, it's a spiritual warfare. And it, and, it, and it starts in the mind. And it works on the mind. And, and we talk about, my wife talks about this because she's a, a therapist. And she talks about the chemical imbalances of the mind. I understand all that. But let me tell you, the devil causes all that stuff. He's an attacker of the mind, an attacker of the body. That's why the I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. That's why the Bible said that he has come to kill and to steal and to destroy. And if that spirit can get on you, I may be preaching to somebody here on a Wednesday night. If that spirit of suicide gets on you, the only thing you can do is go to God. God and say, God, I need deliverance. God, I need a touch of the Holy Ghost. I need the power of God. We don't need that spirit. We still need the joy of the Lord. Lady texts me, used to be a member of this church from Texas this week. And she said, I, I need help. I'm depressed. I'm oppressed. I need help. And before I could answer, Doris got a hold of her, and Mama got a hold of her. And they said, you better go listen to Sunday's sermon. And she texted me back the next day. She said, I listened to your sermon, and I feel 100% better. I feel the joy of the Lord coming back. Let me tell you today, folks, not because it's me. I was of God here preaching on Sunday morning, and I'm still preaching it tonight. There's nothing that will deliver you like old-fashioned prayer. When prayer gets in this church, we can fight off every spiritual demon. We can come against every principality, every power of darkness, every ruler of darkness in a high place. And God will give us deliverance. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. Get your mind off that stuff. Prayers that are in accordance to God's Word. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time thing. We should persevere. you got to persevere in prayer. I'm going to say some more about this later, but, but it put up Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. I, I want you to see this. I want you to see this because here's what we think. We think we can just run in and say, this is not McDonald's. This is not Burger King. It's not a drive through window here at the church where you, run, where you kind of breeze through on Sunday morning and say, oh, yeah, God, I need this, 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 and here's my grocery list this week. Here's what I need. The Bible said praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, that, that Scripture tells us that you've got to keep persevering in prayer. You can't pray at one time and think it's over with. Somebody said, well, I don't think it shows a show of faith if, if you just pray at one time. Well, you need to go read Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through. Let me talk about that in a few minutes because I want to get to importunity and I want to get to per per perseverance. Let me tell you what else is attained through prayer. Repent, repentance. Everybody say repentance. Who needs to repent? Everybody. I repented today. I repent, Brother Eric, every day. Come on now. Why? Because you have to live a repentant lifestyle. Just because you're not out doing horrible things that are seen by the eye doesn't mean that we don't deal with sin. Sin can be an attitude. Sin can be a spirit. Amen. Sin can be something that gets in here. So I pray every day, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And let, let me tell you, now prayer is not the only thing where you find repentance. All of your repenting is not just by prayer. Sometimes you've got to go make it right. Zacchaeus said, I'm repenting. 
But I'm also going back and paying every man back fourfold. I got to get it right. Bible said if you bring your gift to the altar, I'm going to preach on this for long too, on forgiveness, because it's a needed thing. But listen to me right now. You bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother have all against you. Leave your gift there and go be reconciled unto your brother. You got to go get it right. Everybody say get it right. You got to get it right. You can't live for God with things in your heart. Hallelujah. So, so repentance is, is, it, it, it comes through prayer. I could, I could give you a lot of scriptures, but I'm going to hurry. And prayer may also at times encompass the area of praying in another tongue or an unknown tongue. And I touched on this last week. There are times that you get to praying, and the Bible said the Spirit maketh intercession for us. And, and we start praying in groanings of the Holy Ghost. Groanings of the Spirit. Anybody here ever prayed in tongues? Yeah. You pray and all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes on you. And praying in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and by prayer, we are able, it's the only way we are able to fulfill what Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 tells us to do. So put it up, 12 and 1 and 2, Romans. I want you to see it. The Bible said by prayer, or, or excuse me, the Bible said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Watch the second verse. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can't get there without prayer. You can't present your body as a living sacrifice without prayer. You cannot be conformed or transformed by the renewing of your mind without prayer. How many of you understand that prayer does something right here and right here? Amen. Have you ever just just had to have a go have a, a good prayer meeting and when you got up, boy, the world looked different. You're just thinking different. Amen. When you got up, you just felt like a weight of the world had lifted off you. That's what prayer will do. I'm going to keep teaching it. My mother always told me and has told me even recently, you get what you preach. So I'm going to keep preaching prayer. Because you know what? If I get you to pray, there will be a Holy Ghost revival that the devil can't stop. If I get you to pray, the power of God will fall on us day in and day out. It won't be just a Sunday morning occasion. There will be people that say, hey, I was on the way to work and God got a hold of me and suddenly healed my body. And God began to deal with me and he took care of all those things I've been asking. I'm telling you what prayer will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we stop at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 talking about the armor of God. But we read chapter 18, or excuse me, verse 18 a few minutes ago when it talked about putting on the whole armor of God. That's all well and good, but you can't stop there. You got to keep persevering. You got to keep pressing on. You got to keep believing God. If you, if you, if, let me just give you some things that you ought to go look up. You ought to look this up in your scriptures and, 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 and also in a strong concordance. And I don't have time to go through them all tonight. But if you want to know some words that would, that would jump out at you and change your life, go look up prayer, look up petition, look up supplication, look up request, look up thanksgiving, look up intercession, look up a watching. You mean name them again? I see some of you writing. Let me do it again. Prayer. Petition, supplication, request, thanksgiving, intercession, watching. Go look that up as it concerns prayer in the Scriptures because these are things that Jesus taught. Does anybody here believe there's power in prayer? There's a little, there's a little plaque. I've talked about it many times through the years. I used to see it, in, in, especially when I lived down in the country. And I'd go in houses, and there'd be a plaque that's on the wall that said, More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. Ah, more things are wrought by prayer. You see, when you start 
understanding the power of prayer. James 5. James 5, chapter 5, verse 13. Here's what the Bible said prayer will do. I want you to see this. How many of you believe God heals us? You believe that? I really truly believe that. Is there any sick, is there any, excuse me, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any married? Let him sing songs. Watch this. I taught on it just a few weeks ago. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with all in the name of the Lord. Amen. Move on. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick of the Lord, shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. There's power of healing in prayer. I still believe that. There's some places that don't believe that. But I still believe in the laying on of hands. I still believe with the anointing of oil. Come on, somebody. The oil is symbolic of the Spirit. The oil has no power without the prayer. But where the all is applied and faith is applied, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. I can't heal you, but he can. Amen. I don't have the power. Let me tell you what else you ought to be doing in prayer. Prayer, prayer sanctifies your food. Now, you don't have to have our prayer meeting for every meal. But, you know, I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I was here. I've seen it several places recently. I'm impressed when I go into a restaurant and I watch people, a man and a woman, take hands or or a family join hands or or they just bow their head and pray. Thank God for that. If you want to know where that's at, you can go read it in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. It'll sanctify your food. i got to hurry. Prayer will not only do that, it will unlock prison doors. You know what got Paul and Silas out of prison? Prayer. Prayer. You know what got Peter out of prison? Prayer. I mean, they're, in the, they're having a prayer meeting. Peter knocks on the door. They answer the door, and, and they don't even believe what they're seeing. Amen. Prayer has power to unlock prison doors. Acts 16, Acts 12, you'll find it. Prayer can cast out devils. Amen. You cast out devils in prayer. Prayer is where you find salvation. Come on, somebody. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 22. Go study that when you get home. Jot it down and go study it. Salvation is found when you begin to pray, when you begin to seek God, when you begin to talk to God. Prayer will turn back the judgments of God. You can find where prayer literally changed the mind of God in the Scripture. When Moses at one time, he he said, God, if you're going to destroy Israel, you destroy me too. He turned the heart of God with his prayer. Do you know there are 650, over 650 prayers prayed in the Word of God. It's full of prayers. It's full of prayers. Prayer can cause miracles and signs and wonders. My mind goes quickly to, to the prophet of the Old Testament when the, when the prophets of Baal had cut themselves and, and pleaded with their God and tried to get their God to answer. And oh, oh, oh Elisha just stood up and, and said a 63-word prayer and the fire fell and consumed the water and consumed everything, the altars and the presence of the power God showed up. Let me tell you, something, honey. There ain't nothing to fight the devil with like prayer. He'll get out of your house. He'll get out of your life. He'll get out of your car. He'll get out of your mind. He'll get out of your heart. When you go to pray and the devil gets as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a broom full of rocking chairs. He's got to get out of there. You know how to get him out of this church? Prayer. You know how to get him out of your out of your home? Prayer. Get that devil out by prayer. It's the only thing that can conquer the enemy. Barren, barren women have been made to conceive and bring forth children by prayer. Amen. Amen. I can show you some of our day. 
heavens are opened and shut by prayer. Helping your problems come by prayer. Extension of life come by prayer. It was Hezekiah that stood before the Lord and he was about to die. And he said, Lord, remember what I have done. And the Lord gave him 15 more years on his life. Don't tell me that prayer don't work. Oh, yes, it does. Maybe maybe you want to study it. Maybe you want to go look into it. But the incidents in the Bible in relationship to the power of God. What happens when people pray? 650 prayers recorded in the Bible. Go study them. Find out that God will heal your body. God will save your soul. God will drive out the enemy. God will put up walls in your life. God will give you freedom like you've never known. Prayer will do it when nothing else will. Does anybody believe what I'm preaching tonight? Hallelujah. Listen to this. There are some connectives to prayer. Just as there are connective tissues binding your body together, there are connectives with prayer that are essential for prayer to work. In order for our prayers to be effective and, 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 and connective, they must, they must be prayed in certain times, in certain ways. To offer prayer without following some of the things of the Scriptures, or the things of the Scriptures, should I say, results in powerless words that are just spoken. You see, you pray all you want to, but if you're not obedient, Uh, Saul, whose name was changed to Paul, had to be obedient to God. Amen? Cornelius, who was a good man who gave alms and prayed and all that good stuff, he had to be obedient. Disobedience destroys the desired results of prayer. It might get quiet, but that's okay. You've got to obey the Word of God and the voice of God. And this is often the key to getting your answer. And when you drop that connective of obedience, prayer becomes meaningless. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. There are some connectives, and, and, and obedience is one of them. You've got to obey the Word of God. Matter of fact, here's what the Bible said. Obedience is better than sacrifice. God had rather you obey than to fast for 40 days. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's what the Scriptures say. Not only, not only is, is obedience a connective, but prayer and the armor of God. Prayer and the armor of God. You, if you go read Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, and study the armor of God, it, study the seemingly inseparable bond between the powerful things that God gave us that are available to us, but they cannot be done without prayer. You can't put on the helmet of salvation without prayer. You can't shod your feet with the gospel of peace. Or with a, you can't shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel peace without prayer. Amen? You can't take the sword of the Spirit without prayer. It's a connective. You can't do it. That's carnal stuff. You may kill your enemies, but it's, it's a carnal killing. But if you, if you put on the whole armor of God, if you're going to get the breastplate of righteousness, it can't be self-righteousness. It's got to be God's righteousness, and you only get that through prayer. Am I making sense tonight? You can't, you can't put on the whole armor of God without prayer. So, so prayer is connected to the armor of God. Prayer is connected to faith. I just read to you in James where it said, The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Faith without works is dead. What are the works? Prayer. It's connected. Somebody say it's connected. 
Mark chapter 11, verses 22 to 24. If you go study that, and you have to believe, and there's more. There's Mark 9, 19 through 27, Matthew 21, 20, 21 through 22. Because you can, when you pray, you cannot doubt. The Bible said that, that when you ask in prayer, believing, you have faith. Hebrews said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You're not going to get an answer if you pray without faith. You've got to believe when you pray. It's a connective. Prayer is seasoned by faith. You say, God, I'm believing that you're going to save my kids. I'm believing that you're going to heal my body. Faith, faith, and prayer are so tightly connected You can't have prayer without faith. And you can't have faith without prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer and persistence are connected. Too often we pray briefly and we pray non-persistently. And we manifest the unimportance of the matter. Because we just say it and then move on. But to continue to ask and continue to pound and to continue to believe. The Bible said, and I read it to you last week, pray without ceasing. Somebody say pray without ceasing. That means you stay in a, in a place of prayer. You stay. You don't have to pray 24 hours a day. But you pray. You get in a place of prayer that when you're driving down the road and, 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 and your car is almost in a wreck and you say, Jesus, that God answers in the spur of the moment. You pray without ceasing. You go to bed praying with a spirit of prayer. You wake up in a spirit of prayer. The first thing you do in the morning when your feet hit the floor, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. I thank you for this day, Lord. You're a holy God. Does anybody feel what I'm preaching tonight? When you go to bed at night, you ought to go to bed saying, thank you for another day. Thank you that you've kept me, Lord. Thank you for the presence of God in my life. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Not only pray without ceasing, but repetitive praying. You got to keep knocking. You got to keep believing. You got to keep pressing. You got to go there. You can't just use vain repetition. You got to go there and say, God, I need help. And go back the next day and say, God, I'm still asking. And go back the next evening and say, God, I'm still believing. you got to keep believing and keep praying and keep repeating it. you got to pray in earnest. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. you got to keep it up. You can't quit. You can't get weary. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. you got to keep it up. you got to keep praying for those kids. You got to keep praying for your husband. You got to keep praying for your wife. You got to keep praying for your family. You can't quit praying because if the only way you're going to make it happen is to stay connected with repeated prayers and constant prayers and earnest prayers and fervent prayers. People that know how to pray than people that know how to sing. I'd rather have people that know how to pray than people that know how to do anything else in the church. They didn't know nothing in the first church, but they knew how to pray. We got so professional. My God, my God, deliver us from professionalism. We think everything's got to be, and I want it right. Don't get me wrong. I want everything right. I want the music right. I want the sound right. I want everything right. But let me just preach to you on a Wednesday night. If it ain't all right, there's still got to be prayer. We need leaders that know how to pray. We need people that will visit the prayer rooms. We need board members that know how to pray. We need Sunday school teachers that know how to pray. I'm preaching tonight. We need choir members that know how to pray. I don't care to hoots how good you can sing. I care about what kind of anointing you've got. And you won't get anointing until you learn to pray. When you learn to pray, God will anoint you. And it may be off key, but it'll be on course. All this new stuff. All these lights. Look at that drum cage. $13,000. 
meat in it. I like it. I'd trade every bit of it for people that know how to pray. Throw that out. Throw this out. Throw every, throw those cameras out. Throw those, throw all the screens out. Throw all the technology out for people that know how to pray. Because let me tell you, the Bible said when they prayed, the place was shaken. Never said when they sang. Never said that. No, 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 no. You gotta pray before you sing. You gotta pray. Oh my God. You gotta pray before you preach. You gotta pray. Hallelujah. The problem is, is we want all the professional stuff, but we don't want to pray. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm saying. Everybody on this church knows ought to know how to pray. Preacher, I can't play an instrument. I don't care. Can you pray? I can't, I can't sing. So what? Can you pray? I, I, I'm going to tell you something. He said the age of priesthood is 30 years old. I probably said a few years ago. So I entered priesthood, and then my mama told me one time, or I think it, was, maybe it wasn't her, I don't know who it was, that the, the age that, that priest retired in the scriptures was 50. I passed that. I, 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 got, I got enough corn in my crib. I can say what I want to say. And I'm about to. I'm tired of folks that want positions without prayer. I'm sick and tired of people that just want places to name themselves in a position that don't know how to pray. I don't ever see your carcass in a prayer room. I know I'm not popular right now, but I will be if you'll learn to pray. Because when you learn to pray, you'll take good preaching. And you'll say, you know what, Pastor, that's right. I need to do it better. I need to do it more. We got a bunch of sissies. You want to know what G would have called him? I tell you what, G, if he could rise up out of that grave tonight, he'd say, we got a bunch of panty waste around here. Bunch of pansies. Don't, don't, don't ruffle my feathers. Don't make me mad. I'll quit. You already quit and didn't know it. I've reached 65 years of age. And I guess I'm to the I don't care stage. Because you know what? This church wasn't built on talent. It was built on prayer. This church wasn't built on ability. It was built on prayer. And the only way we're going to have what God wants us to do, and if you just want to be a little social gathering, and we come here and entertain everybody on a Sunday and a Wednesday, and we just kind of go through our Pentecostal calisthenics and our little worship services, and we don't feel one crying thing, my God forbid that that ever happened. You know what I'm praying? I'm praying that somebody prays until the place is shaken. I'm praying for... for, for I was in Oak Mugge, Oklahoma, preaching a revival many years ago. Billy Hale was a pastor. I was the evangelist. We went to the prayer rooms, and we got to praying. My God, we were fighting spirits. We There was all kind of stuff. And I, 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 Billy Hale was crazier than me. And, 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 and we praying, praying for revival, praying for a move of God. We, we, we got to praying in the prayer room, and people left the prayer room, went to the auditorium. Brother Eric, seven people got the Holy Ghost before church ever started. Seven people. Praying one night and a big old, big old, big old Indian came in and he was drunk and he was full of the devil and he's trying to cause havoc. I'm telling you, brother, brother, brother hell was crazier than I was. He walked out one night. He probably preached just about like I am tonight. I'm still crazy. He probably got over his, but let me tell you, he walked out one night. He let them all stand. He said, church is dismissed. They said, why? Some of them said, what's wrong, Brother Hell? He said, I'm sick of people that won't go to the prayer room. I'm sick of people that just want to come here and warm a pew and you want us to entertain you. He said, church is dismissed. He turned around and walked off. I turned around and went out with him. 
We need some more of that. We need somebody to shake us up. We need somebody to stir us up. We need the Holy Ghost to drop in on us. We need somebody to get us and say, you got to pray. you got to stay on your knees till you get a hold of God. I don't think all that's necessary. You go read the Bible. You go see what they did. You go see what Jesus himself did. He separated himself from his own disciples. He said, I gotta get some alone time. I gotta go pray. I gotta go. Look, you don't have to do it in front of me. You go get a place with God. But let me tell you, when you get a place with God, you'll come in here with power. You'll come in here with anointing. You'll walk every day with a touch of God. The Holy Ghost will be upon you. People will say and wonder what's happened to them. I'll tell you what they said about the first church. I'll tell you what they said in Thessalonica. They said, these men are they that have turned the world upside down. Prayer. Paul was a man of prayer. Jesus was a man of prayer. Peter was a man of prayer. Prayer. Oh, God. Let it happen in me. Somebody say, let it happen in me. I'm not trying to be mean tonight. But you know what? Here's, here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. we got so many things to make things so much better that we've almost, we've almost moved God out of the equation. We're almost to the place that we think we can have church without God. Y'all gonna last 11 more minutes? Prayer is connected to persistence. Prayer is connected to fasting. You can't fast without praying. You fast without praying, you don't do nothing but get a proud spirit. That's all you get. When you fast, you pray. Because fasting and prayer makes you humble. Amen. Puts you in a place of humility. It's what fasting and prayer does. I know a man many years ago, I can tell you the pastor, I can tell you the man. He went on a 40-day fast. When he came off of that, he knew more than everybody. He knew more than the pastor. He knew. Fasting didn't do him one ounce of good. Fasting made a devil out of him. He was ready to rise up and tell the church how to be run, how everything ought to be done. Nobody could tell him anything. He fasted 40 days. I don't care if you fast 140 days. If you don't pray, you're wasting your time. It's a connective. I said it's a connective. And furthermore, when you pray, there's got to be some fasting when you pray. Jesus said... Jesus said, How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Is anybody with me on a Wednesday? I'm trying to stir you up tonight. You know what I prayed for tonight? Look, I'll be honest with you. I almost didn't come back here and preach this tonight. Because I really need to preach this on Sunday. I really need to preach this on Sunday. I need to preach this when our kids are in here. But let me tell you something. We got all them lights. We built them a brand new building. They got a neat cafe. They got screens. They got moving lights. They got music. They got, we got all that stuff in here. That don't make church. They got that in the bar room. They got that in the bar room. That don't make church. Matter of fact... Matter of fact, I'm not so sure. I know y'all ain't going to like what I'm about to say, but I really don't care. I'm not so sure God is displeased. Or God is not displeased. He's, he, he, he sometimes may not like all of our stuff that we substituted for prayer and worship and seeking God's face. We're so caught up in the professional part of it, we got the nut, we forgot the nuts and bolts of what got us to where we are. 
We didn't get here by lights and drums and sound and music. We didn't get here by even beautiful buildings. We got where we are by people that knew how to pray. Well, I'm glad Brother Creekmore's preaching Sunday. He can try to clean this mess up. Let me tell you something else connected to prayer. You ready? Forgiveness. If you pray without forgiving, your prayers are being hindered. And your prayers are not going to God. Forgiveness comes with prayer. It's a connective. When you get down and really get to praying, you'll pray and forgive. Now, I don't want you to raise your hand, but in your mind. I want you to think of somebody that's done you bad, something that maybe you went through, maybe a family issue, maybe a job issue, maybe a neighborhood issue. I don't know what it is. But I want you to think about it. And I want you to ask yourself this. Have I really forgiven everybody that has wronged me? You say, well, I don't want to be forgiven. That's not your problem. Your problem is, have you forgiven them? It's not what they do. It's what you do. Are you with me? I said it a while ago. I said it again. If you come to the Lord, bring a gift to the altar, and you remember there's, a, there's an issue, you've got to go fix it. You've got to go fix it. Grudges will send you to hell. Grudges will hinder your prayers. this thing's working. Hello? Grudges will cause you to be disconnected from God. You've got to reach way down in there and get all that stuff out and say, I forgive you. I forgive you. Hey, let me tell you something. If Jesus hanging on a cross they're wagging their heads at him. They're making fun of him. They put a sign up over his head, Jesus, King of the Jews, in, in jest. It was in jest. There's, the Bible said they were wagging their heads. Go read the scriptures. One translation said, one, one writing said they were wagging their heads. They were mocking him. They were laughing at him. 99% of us would have been mad would have been upset. But Jesus looked off that cross down on that on that crowd and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The spirit of forgiveness has got to get a hold of us for our prayers to go before God. And before that, I'm telling you right now, and I, you say, preacher, why are you preaching all that? Because I'm telling you right now, there's probably people here right now that have things in your heart. And you, you, you know what? You just grit your teeth. You say, you know what? I'm, I'm not giving in. You better give in. You better give it up. You better forgive. Prayer. One of the highest privileges and most effective forces in the life of every Christian. I'm not even going to the next phase. I may do this again next Wednesday night. I'm not letting up. There's another whole lesson on the importunity of prayer that I, that I need to teach, that I need to talk about. It ain't going to hurt us to hear it over and over and over. You're looking at an old boy that was raised in a home full of prayer. I know what prayer is. I've heard my mother and my daddy pray many times. They taught me to pray. I know the power of prayer in my own personal life. I remember when I first started started preaching, I was just, just a young guy. Matter of fact, Earlene and I had just got married. You know, nowadays, my phone rings off the wall with preachers that want to come here and preach. Seriously, I'm not joking. And, and you know, some of them I don't even know. So-so told me to call you. Well, number one, I don't know you. you the Bible said know those that labor among you. 
and he ain't coming here. So be that as it may. But I, I never was one of those guys to call preachers and say, hey, can I preach for you this weekend? I believe the scripture that said a man's call would make room for him. I believe that. God called you. He'll open a door for you. He'll, he'll put you where you need to be. Well, I believe that. And I believe that since I was just a young man. I, was, I mean, I got married at the ripe old age of 18. And uh, it wasn't long after that till we came back to Monroe, and I didn't have nowhere to go that next week. And in, in case you don't know it, there ain't no unemployment to be drawn when you're preaching. We we ain't get no check from the government, okay? So I don't know nothing else to do. Arlene, tell you this is truth. I I left seventeen ten Crescent Drive, and I went to eighteen hundred Parkview Drive. That's the old church. And and I I went in and I went down that red carpet aisle. And I turned by that front row, and I knelt by that first beam. Y'all know where it was at? I see some heads doing this. That exposed beam that was stained. And I knelt right there. And I started praying. I said, now, God, I believe you called me to preach. And I, 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 need, you, I need you to help me right now. I don't, I don't have a job. I'm I'm here because you call me. And if you call me, I want you to to make a way for me and open a door for me. And I I stayed there for a good long while praying, crying, talking to God, pouring my heart out to him. Got up, cranked my car, went to the seventeen ten. My wife said, Hey, why you gone, Brother So and so called? While I was gone. He wants to know, can you be there Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, I can. See, that's the way God answers. That's that's called the power prayer. Oh, I could tell you a lot of stuff. I, 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 and I've told this before, but for the ones that hadn't heard, let me just tell you what happened to me. Years ago, I was going through it, and I was, you know, I started pastoring nine days after I was 22 years old. I took a church that had three pastors in three years. They was good at trying them out, run them off. And somebody said, he will never last there. Well, I went there and started loving people and preaching, praying, seeking God. But I went through a low time or two in my life. And, and I, I can take you to Sandy Lake, to that church, and walk you back through the back of that church and show you where I was praying Back then, we we prayed in the fellowship hall. We didn't have nothing. There was a fellowship hall and a prayer room combined, I guess. And and we prayed there. And I was there praying, not not for church, not during church, one day by myself. And I said, God, do you even know I'm here? Do you do you hear me? Anybody ever felt like God didn't know where you was at? I said, Lord, do you even know where I'm at? I was was having such a pity party. I mean, I'm saying, Lord, you call me. You put me here. Here I am. What's going on? And I said this to the Lord. I just really stepped out and tested him. I said, Lord, if you hear me, you let somebody call me and tell me that you heard me. And I ain't no more than got it out of my mouth. Then the phone rang that sat right over on the counter between the kitchen and the fellowship hall. Here's an old black, one of them dial phones. I thought, okay. I went over and picked it up. And a preacher on the other end said, he knows me well. I know him to this day. He said, hey, Danny. I said, yeah. You okay? I said, yeah, why'd you ask? He said, because I was praying. And the Lord told me to call you. Just see if you're okay. Y'all don't believe that. Some of you don't believe that. That's how, that's how powerful prayer is. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I really was good then. 
I said, I'm, I'm all good. Everything's great. Hallelujah. You know what? I knew God was on my side. I can't tell you how many times God's come through for me. If you don't believe God answers prayer, my friend, you've never had to need God, and you've never had to have faith, and you've never had to go there where I'm talking about tonight. But I'm going to tell you there's a direct line. Hallelujah. There's a place between here and there that you can get a hold of God, and God will hear and answer your prayer. I'm not talking about six weeks from now. I'm not talking about six months from now. I'm talking about when you're desperate with God, He'll hear and answer your prayer. God is a prayer answering God. His way of communication with you and I. His way of moving in this church. His way of talking to yourself. And I prayed this prayer today. God, give this church an ear to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to us. Tune in. Get yourself to a place where God, oh my goodness, where God can talk to you. Let's stand. Prayer. We need men that pray. We need women that pray. We need young people that pray. Let me tell you about my young youth group. I wish I could tell all them kids back there tonight about my youth group. We'd call prayer meetings to stay at the church till all hours of the night. And we wasn't playing games. We were praying. We believed the Lord was coming. We believed that time was short. We believed the day was forspent and the night was at hand. We believed that. Somebody's got to pick that up and believe that in 2018 because he is coming. And it is almost over. And people have to learn how to pray. Let me tell you, God will change so much about you if you just learn to pray. I challenge you this week. I challenge you to set your alarm clock 15 minutes early. Get up and slip to the other bedroom. I challenge you. I, you may already do it. That's fine. Good. But I'm challenging the ones that don't. Get up and go somewhere. Make a time every day. Get along with God. Make sure that you talk with God. Talk to Him on your way to work. I'm going to emphasize it again. Talk to Him on your way to work. Talk to Him on your way home. Talk to Him on your lunch hour. Slip off in the break room and have a ten-minute talk with God. It's okay. You don't have to be shouting and running aisles to pray. You just got to find an alone place and say, Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. If you pass me on the road and my mouth moving and nobody's in there. It's okay. I hadn't lost my mind. I'm talking to my best friend. I'm talking to the one I trust. I'm talking to the one that can change it all. I'm talking to the one that's helped me. I'm talking to the one that hears me. God bless you tonight. The ushers are coming to receive your offering. I hope I've helped you. I hope I've helped you. If I hadn't helped you, I hope I hadn't hurt you. Folks, what I'm preaching tonight is vital. I don't like dead church. I don't like lifeless church. I like spirit-filled church. Just go right ahead, guys. We've had enough prayer tonight. Amen. I like church where it's full of fire, don't you? I like church where the Holy Ghost falls. I'd like to see some of them services where folks just get so drunk in God that they have to be carried to the car. Some of you don't know anything about that. I've seen folks leave out of here talking in tongues that, that couldn't quit talking in tongues. I remember those things. I, 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 want, I want the power of God to fall where people are healed instantly and jump up in the middle of a service, Brother Charlie, and say, God, just heal my body. I want, it, I want it to where people just stand up in the middle of church and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You say, Preacher, that's wild. I don't care how wild it is. That's apostolic. That's what we've built on. Amen. I'm not saying we did it all right or they did it all right. But I want to tell you one thing. Much of what was happening is way better than what it is right now. We've got to go back to prayer. I love you all. I hope you don't feel that I'm being mean to you. If you do, please understand 
that I'm preaching to stir us. I'm preaching to stir me. I'm praying, oh God, touch me from right here to the bottom of my feet. Don't leave one inch of me unmoved by God. Let me learn to be the kind of man that, that is a man of prayer. Let me tell you, be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd rather be a good prayer warrior than I had a good preacher. I'd rather know how to pray than know how to preach. I'd rather know how to pray than do anything else in the church because prayer takes care of it all. Amen. I love you tonight. God bless you. Sunday morning's going to be awesome. Get here. Be on time. Go to the prayer room early. Let's have a great time in God. I love you all. Thank you.